Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. We are a people that are set apart. We are to be a different people. And I didn't say odd, but we are to be a different people. And this morning, I want to talk to you about operating and being empowered by truth versus religion. I said, I want to talk with you about what it means to, to operate in truth and empowered by truth and not religion. Religion will kill you. Jesus came, let me just make it clear because Jesus made it clear. He came to set us free from religion. Because religion is man's way of coming to God. Listen to this. Truth, his name is Jesus, capital T. Truth is God's way of coming to man. And that's what he did. Instead of man coming to Jesus by our own religion and our our own goodness, he said, no, that is just impossible. You will never get that. You will never be able to attain that. So I will send truth to you. His name is Jesus. And you will be empowered by that truth. And you will operate in that truth. And and I've got to tell you, honestly, this is what I am finding and have continued to find. Many in kingdom... Many that attend church every Sunday have no idea how much power they should be operating in. They just have no clue. In fact, I can remember in the old days of of the old Pentecostal churches, and I love those are great memories, by the way. My grandmother's church, she was the pastor. And I remembered the different churches that I was raised in, some of these blessed old saints. And I mean, I got a lot of love and regard for the blessed old saints. I'm getting there closer all the time. So but these blessed saints would get up during the testimony time. Y'all remember this? And they'd stand up and they'd say, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus and pray that he gets me through. Okay. I, and I'm sitting there going, I'm just a kid. And I'm like, I thought it was bigger than that. I thought, I, I thought it was bigger than that. I, does he want us to just get through? Or does he want us to <laughs> storm the gates? Now get this. <laughs> Listen to this. It's the whole concept that we're operating in a defensive mode versus an offensive mode. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I have never known gates to be an offensive weapon. So why are the gates mentioned in the scripture? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because we should be the ones charging the gates. We are operating in the Spirit. We are abiding in the Spirit. I am empowered by God's Spirit. And and we should be charging the gates. Now, if you need me to say it like this, let's all act like Spirit-filled believers and start going against the enemy. If you need me to say it a little calmer, I can do that too. I don't care what delivery you need. I'm just saying that's how I feel. Uh, this, this is an amazing thing. If we ever get this, the gates of hell will... It, it took me in my 30s till I figured out, wait a minute, you know, the gates don't storm anything. The gates don't attack me. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You and I should be attacking the gates. And the gates, can I tell you what they look like today? They look like faces like you and me. And I'm not talking about attacking people. I'm talking about attacking the one who is binding those who are not living in the truth that we have, that we are empowered by. We should be, well, let's get in the Word and I'll prove it. So that you don't think it's my opinion. First Peter chapter 2. Therefore, that's a big therefore that Peter wrote. <laughs> he's telling, he's telling the, the, the church who they are. Who they are. Therefore, since I just told you who you are, you are living in the hope of His glory. Therefore, He said, be holy. Therefore, since He is holy, therefore, He says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. So that it may, that you may grow up in your salvation now, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now let me read on here, verse four. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, you see truth is being rejected by mankind from the beginning. As you come to him, the living stone, he is the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual household. You all and I, did you know you're being built into a spiritual household? The kingdom of God is being built, not for war against men and flesh and blood, but against the enemy, the lies of the enemy. See, if we're empowered by truth, we are empowered to take on the darkness, and in those, in the darkness lies the, lies the lies of the enemy to all men. Religion will save you. Can I tell you, I'd much rather deal with an atheist. I really would. I'd much rather deal with an atheist. In a conversation, there's a lot of grace that I will give. I give grace. Can I tell you what? I ran into a, 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 a brother of a different faith not long ago. I just give all kinds of grace to him. He said, I can't believe that a Christian is calling a Muslim brother. I said, dude, I love you. I love you. I ran into this guy. I was waiting on a friend or actually a relative of mine in a restaurant. And uh, he said he, he did the, the question, who are you? And I found out that he was a, a member of the nation of Islam. I said, brother, how are you? You remember when Paul was in Greece? See, the lie from years ago when we grew up was we need to rebuke strongly and stand against that. Look, let me tell you, do you remember when Paul preached? You better remember this because I've talked about this a lot over 20 years. Paul was standing in Greece on Mars Hill and all of these false prophets are teaching and teaching and, and the idea and these philosophers are philosophizing and they're just listening and they're, and they're hearing each other's deep thought. Don't you love man's deep thought? I, I get, now if you all start yawning on me, I'm going to throw something. <laughs> no, I would never do that. Never. By the way, I saw a Bible study this morning. <laughs> I saw it remind me where I was with Mars Hill. Okay, if I forget, because I'm going down a squirrel here. <laughs> I saw a Bible study this week. Uh, I, I have some, I have a tough time with some Bible studies. I really do. Because it, it pits man against man. The, the idea was to remember to keep the Lord's name pure and holy. Well, that's for the believer. It doesn't shock me when, when, uh, when the world is using God's name, not only in vain, but in profanity. It doesn't shock me at all. I went to Riverview Gardens. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, I, that, those things don't shock me. Well, it should. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not called to be offended on God's behalf. So anyway, this Bible study, 
It's God's offense. It's not mine. He told me what to do. He said, love my enemies. He said, love those who persecute you. He said, pray for those. Pray for your enemies. It's really, it's, this is between them and God. So anyway, one of the things said, what should we do for a person if they use the name of God in vain? And I thought it was actually jo- a joke. They had a list of about five things, A, B, C, and D. And I thought, oh, it's which one is the most common sense, good judgment one. The number one was the first, if a person uses the name of the Lord in vain, what's a good response? A, hit the person that uses God's name in vain. And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and read B, C, D, because there's got to be a better choice here somewhere. No, that was the first of five suggestions. Hit the person who uses the name of the Lord God in vain. And I simply would say, what are you thinking? To ever write that kind of response. That man is not the enemy. That man is not who we should. Our issue isn't with him. The issue is with the lie behind all of the stuff that he's being fed, by the way, I don't care if it's on Fox News or CNN or whatever, NNN and CBS's and ABC's you want to name, it's man's way and we're buying as the, even believers are buying into man's way. We're buying into man's way. And some of those ways are just blatant lies. Hit somebody. Uses God's name in vain. In the name of Jesus, smite him. Oh my goodness. I don't know, Zach. I can't preach that gospel. How about you? Jesus didn't preach that gospel. I believe he's the one that laid down his hands on the cross. He said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. I lay it down. No, I'm a servant of the Lord. I am not a guardian. He'll take care of himself, believe me. God will take care of himself. But anyway, here's Paul on Mars Hill. So anyway... Here's here's Paul on Mars Hill and they're all philosophizing and all of a sudden it's his turn and he says he says this is found in the book of Acts all of a sudden Mark uh, or, or uh, Paul rather looks up and he says by the way I see you have an unnamed God I see you have an unnamed God I know that God and do you know he preached an entire message of the gospel and I'd get in trouble for this with the assemblies of God and he preached the entire gospel message and never once mentioned the name of Jesus Christ But he told the gospel. But do you know what he started off with? Do you know his first statement to those false God worshipers? Do you know what his first statement was? Do you remember? I I see you're a people of great faith. He didn't start off with, you bunch of heathen, false God worshipers. Why I ought to hit you. But so this brother in this restaurant, he says, who are you? What do you do? And I began to talk to him about Jesus. I said, he said, well... That is awesome. That is awesome. I've never had a Christian call me brother. I said, brother, I love you. Tears are in his eyes. You know, tears are welling up in his eyes. I was waiting for Fred on that, that morning down in, uh, in uh, Brentwood. Tears are just welling up in his eyes. I said, well, what do, you, what do you do? He said, I am with Minister Farrakhan's organization around the world. I said, I know you're around the world. And he said, how do you know? I said, because in Haiti, you dug so many wells and you provided wells for people that I came in behind and they're benefiting from your wells. Now, if you're mad at me for telling a story that's like this, I'm going to tell you this Bible is full of stories. Peter would not want to go to Cornelius's house. People that hate people because they're different. People that hate people or or dislike people because of another color, a race, a a, a faith. No, no, no. Pray for people. 
We are empowered to bring truth into people's lives. And it says, it says, I want to go ahead and read the rest of this. It says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture says, and he, he actually starts quoting, uh, Peter quotes Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe the stone, the builders, he goes back to Isaiah, the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The one they rejected has now become the cornerstone that this whole truth is built on. He is the truth. This entire, this entire essence of, of the, of the love of God to man is now resting on the corner of Jesus Christ as the capstone. Now he goes on to say, now to you who believe this stone, or the next verse, they stone, a stone that causes men to stumble, verse eight, and a rock that makes them fall. Let's go on up to the next one. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Men are being deceived by lies. God actually gave Jesus Christ for them, and he is using you, or should be using you and me to bring the truth to them. They were called to this same truth, and they're living in lies. And by the way, many are attending church this morning around the world. Because, you see, the lie they bought into is going to church makes me good. It's, it's a check mark. It makes me good. So I'll attend church this morning somewhere. It checks the box. I'm thinking about the fried chicken I'm eating later today while Pastor Barry is teaching. Can't really relate to the music, but I came to church. And that's a lie. We're by, there are those that buy into the lie that it somehow creates your holiness when nothing but the blood... Nothing but the blood. I'm mad, Pastor Mike, when you started singing that this morning, I'm sitting there going, whoa, I don't tell you what to sing on a Sunday morning. There, there are times you and I will we'll talk about what a song a little more effective than, but I'm going to tell you something that Pastor Mike, for the most part, has a total reign over that song. I mean, that, I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, I'd love it to be this way, that he is led of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, and I'm like, don't stop singing that song. That is like, oh my God, that is so freeing. Nothing but the blood. Hey, it ain't on me. It's not on me. I am empowered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're empowered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And what did, what did, what did Paul write to, to, to Timothy in second Timothy? He didn't give us a spirit of timidity or of fear. He gave us what? Sound judgment, sound mind, good judgment. And by the way, that's a bold judgment. That's a bold judgment. Goes on to say in verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Everybody say a royal priesthood. priesthood. Say, I am am chosen. chosen. I am am a royal priesthood. priesthood. Many of you have never said those words before. Some of you have never said those words before. Did you know you just spoke truth? I used to have somebody say to me, and some of you might know who it is, I'm a nothing and a nobody. That, and, and in a spirit of humility, I, I don't doubt their honest, sincere spirit of humility. And I'm sitting there going, oh, 
yes, you are. You are chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You are empowered by truth. And his name is Jesus. I'm praying that God will stop time. (laughs) He did it once before. (laughs) Just stop time. In fact, wouldn't it be great if Sunday morning service was when uh, when we change the clocks back and right at about 11 o'clock I get to change the clock back by an hour? Wouldn't that be an answer to prayer? Wouldn't that be an answer to prayer? I think about things like that. I get off on a squirrel thought and I think about things. Well, Lord, why don't you let us change the clock during church? Anyway. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Do you know? Now, I'm going to tell you. Let me, let me stop right there. Mark this because I'll lose it. I am grateful to be an American citizen. I am grateful to be born in this nation. I am honored to be born in this nation. So if anybody says anything different, they don't know me or they don't know St. Charles River Church and our wall of honor, which, by the way, the date's coming up in November. But I am, first and foremost, a citizen of heaven, of the kingdom of God. I am, first and foremost, bought, paid for, chosen, a royal priesthood. One day I will wear a robe. And I will rule and reign with the Savior. He said, I'll make you holy and I'll have you sit on my throne. And you know, I get that. I I, I actually see that picture today because I'm a grandpa. And don't get tired of my grandpa stories, by the way. I'll keep telling them. You might have to find a different church if you get tired of my grandpa stories. But I do. I love my I love my grandchildren. And I love sitting them up there with me. Don't you love sitting in my son? You got a dog. <laughs> Don't you just, you fell in love. Alyssa's back there with that puppy. She got that puppy up on its own bed. She just loves that thing. She loves what, that. Don't you? Don't you love that puppy? You know, it's just, she looks, she's not looking at me. She's looking at that puppy because she, why? Cause that puppy is the apple of her eye. What do you, where do you think Alyssa gets that kind of love for, for that puppy? He, she gets it from her heavenly father who loves us as the apple of his eye. And he said, you know something? I am going to empower you. I am going to empower you. I'm going to do something, Gene. And I'm, let me explain to our, our audience on the video. What I'm about to play in the auditorium, it is the benefit of being in the auditorium. I can't play it for you. Uh, outside the auditorium, okay? So I want you to know, don't, we're not, you're not gonna lose us, but everybody in the auditorium, you're gonna see what it looks like to have your heavenly father come in behind you and show you how powerful you are. Gene, you ready to play that? Uh, Teresa, go ahead and play it. Here we go. Bring that on up. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> Do it again. We're really sorry. If you ever come near my son again. Oh, this is this is your son. Oh, yours. <laughs> Did you know that? No, me. I, I didn't know. No. Did you? No, of course not. Oh. Ed. Looks like. To have your heavenly father come in behind you, you ever mess with my son or my daughter again. 
Don't you mess with my kids. Don't you mess. Let me tell you, there's, there's a friend of mine. There's a friend of mine. His name is Rex Johnson. I've told this story in the past. This friend, he's a big Texan, tall, six foot three Texan. Uh, you guys, you guys remember him. I know you do. Uh, Rex Johnson, a UPC pastor out of, out, out of uh, the headquarters here in St. Louis. Uh, Rex and uh, his, he grew up down in Austin, Texas. And, and Rex was, he's just a little guy. And his brother was known as Bo Johnson. He was the premier running back on that football team, Bo Johnson. And everybody knew Bo because he was going to the Texas University and he came back for a weekend. And his mom told him, Rex told us the story. He said, my mom, I didn't know my mom told my brother Bo that someone was bullying me every day. Every day someone was bullying me on the way home from school. So he said, I, I started, he said, I, I, I didn't know it, but he said, Bo told me, he said, buddy, I'll, I'll see you after school today. He said, okay, you know, so Rex went on to school that day and he was doing his best. This guy was bullying him, stopping him at a, at a, about the same shrub on the same street corner every day on the way home. And he would tell him to give him, you know, 50 cents. He would, he would actually extort him for money or he was going to beat him up. And when, this one day when Rex said, I finally went to, you know, I knew I was going to have to give up my 50 cents. He said about that time, the bully, you know, he looks up beyond me stands there and he looks beyond me and he starts backing up he said no that's okay that's okay that's okay that's okay no what happened was bo johnson his big brother the football all-american kind of guy comes out from behind this big shrub and he's standing there and, and rex doesn't even know he's standing there and he's standing looking over him and and this guy all of a sudden sees the image of who he's really facing and that's what happened with the three hyenas. All of a sudden, that little roar turned into the roar that you and I are empowered with. Do you know that we are, listen to this, we're empowered by the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is not just barking. This is truth. This is power. You serve not only the risen Savior, you serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And He is empowering you with that same authority and that same power, not to take on the world, but to reach the world. And storm the gates that have no power or authority to prevail against it. But you know what we do as believers? Look, if I don't mess with the devil, he won't mess with me. What is that? What is that? If I don't mess with the devil, he don't mess with me. Yes, he does. That's a lie. Don't buy into that. That is a lie. You were, you're being built. We're being built into this household, this nation. Remember what I said a second ago? I am first and foremost a kingdom nation guy. I am above all else. I am a follower of Christ and I am, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore I no longer live, but it's Jesus Christ who lives in me. And that means I am royalty. And that means I am empowered to be just like him. Storm it. Where did he go during those three days? He stormed the gates of hell and it couldn't prevail. He brings the keys back of death, hell, the grave, the hold, and he, and he sets the captive free. This is truth. We don't, he never created us. He, you know, when he, when he told 
Peter, or uh, when, he, when Paul told Timothy, you know, he didn't give you a spirit. Well, first of all, he said, what happened to you? What happened to you? Well, I laid my own hands on you. I remember you in tears. When I think of you, I cry. I know who you are. I know I saw God's spirit in you. I've watched God's spirit alive in you. What happened to you? Something happened to you. Because Timothy stopped preaching the gospel. Something really big happened in his life. So he starts invoking, I knew your mama. <laughs> I love that. That's, this is how far back Paul goes with it. I knew your mama and I knew your grandmama. And I know those are women of God and they prayed for you. I know what you have in you. I know who you have in you because I laid my hands on you and I have wept over you personally. I know whose you are. Now get up and start fanning the flame of the gift of God. What did he tell Timothy? You acting kind of wuss. That's the first time in 20 years plus I've ever said the word wuss in church. You're, You're wussing out here. You're wussing out. There are people dying separated from God and, and we're acting all timid. We're acting like we're not empowered like we, you know you are. Some of us in this room know we're empowered. And others of us are running from that. I ran, I ran, I ran, I ran. There was no one who could run harder and faster than me from what God wanted me to do. I know I have a doctorate in running from God. And this is what he's saying to us. Y'all are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light, his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And by the way, what he's saying is not to look different. We should be a different people, not goofy, not weird, but different, different. When somebody... When somebody assaults you verbally, you have the privilege of, in the name of Jesus, rising above it. Really. We have, when when someone says something on CBS or ABC or, you know, one of the networks or Fox News even, I don't know what party you belong to, and and frankly, I don't care. But whatever, whatever, when people get, you, you don't, we sit there and let the world get us upset. We're sitting there talking to the TV. That's not true. When I found myself talking to the TV, I realized it was time to shut it off. Because I'm not talking to Christ at that point. I'm arguing with man's argument. That's a lie. It's, 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 it's lies. It's, I'm not saying everybody's intentionally getting on TV and telling lies, though. Some do. They do. I'm just saying, why buy into the idea, the argument that I even have to be in that? We are above that. He said, we are, we are a holy nation. We ought to be sure of who we are. We got a daddy that shows up like the lion of the tribe of Judah and roars. And the enemy's like, was that his kid? I didn't know that was his kid. (laughs) I didn't know. You didn't know I'd get my voice that high either. You got, let, let it be that the enemy is wussing out, not the believer, not the believer. And that doesn't mean when you go into a restaurant that you should pray for 20 minutes over the food to impress everybody at the restaurant. Let me know if you're going to do it. I'll go to a different restaurant. We're not there to impress because we have the power of God in our lives. And we say God the way, you know. No. No, we should be a different people. A loving, gracious, full of mercy, compassionate. Wouldn't it be great if believers were known for compassion? Really? Wouldn't it be awesome 
if we were known as the most compassionate people on the face of the earth, unfortunately, we've kind of become known for some of the most judgmental people on the earth. And by the way, when, when the world accuses and says, hypocrites, the church is full of hypocrites, I say, yes, we are. Why run from truth? No, 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 I'm serious. Why run from truth? We are all on this journey, and if anyone in this room will raise their hand right now and tell me they've got it done perfectly, then I will let you teach. Because I'm going to tell you, I haven't got it right yet. And I still make wrong decisions. I still say things I shouldn't have said. I still think things I shouldn't have thought. So, by definition, yes, I am a hypocrite. But this is right where we belong. Worshiping God who can change me out of my hypocrisy into this glorious light of truth. Every day striving to be more like Christ. He goes on to say, But now you are the people of God once you, did, had, once you had not received God's mercy. But now you have received mercy. By the way, you receive mercy to give mercy away. You don't receive mercy to judge other people. We receive mercy to give mercy. God gives givers gifts to give. You remember, we teach that here at SCRC. God gives givers gifts to give. And he gives us this gift of mercy. He does it so that we will give it away. God blesses us financially so that we can bless people financially. Do you believe that? I believe that. I actually believe God blesses me financially to give away. Why? Because he knows I'll do it. But he wants me to know that I'll do it. He doesn't need me. God could create a stack of a million dollars right in front of me. I've always wondered why he didn't do it. But God can do anything without me. But here's the privilege. You and I are the ones he's building into a holy nation, a royal household. And he's wanting to teach us that he uses us in the household. I mean, some of you might have had seven or eight kids. If you did, I promise you, they had chores. There was a part to play in the household. I did. I had responsibilities when I was a kid. As I was being raised, all of us had responsibilities when we were kids. And because I was part of that household. And that's what God is doing when He uses you and He uses me. And He blesses us with, a, with, a, with money. And all of a sudden, you see somebody in a restaurant. They can't afford their own restaurant bill. Or, or it was probably a little more. And you can just see the angst in their eyes. It was more than they thought it was going to be. Or you don't even get that far. The Holy Spirit just speaks to you, pay that family's bill. All of a sudden, you know, I, I pull up to McDonald's the other day, and I don't know who it was. I pull up to McDonald's the other day. I ordered Gina's breakfast, my breakfast, and and uh, and I get to the 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 uh, to the cash register. The little girl at the window, and she says, "Your bill's already been paid." I said, "Are you serious?" She said, "Yeah, I don't know what these people are. They keep coming in here paying people behind them. They keep." <laughs> I said, do they really? Yeah. I said, okay, well, let me take care of that guy behind me. Let me go ahead and take, are you serious? Well, I'll have to go find out what his order is. Well, I said, well, okay. (laughs) She comes back, acts a little like, oh, that's just too much work. This is confusing. All these people paying for everybody. I'm not, God gives givers gifts to give. Bless her heart. She was convinced that these people are nuts. (laughs) 99.1 99.1 had no clue what they were starting, did they? Now there, there are people not even followers of Christ that are doing it with each other. Isn't that beautiful? Except the believers ought to be leading the way in generosity. He says, dear friends, I urge you, I'm going to wrap it up. I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world. By the way, I've been hearing this a lot lately. You know, I just don't 
feel like it's what it used to be. Do you know we're nowhere near what it's going to be to prepare the world, this world for the return of Jesus Christ? You ought not to be comfortable in this world. There was a generation where, and I grew up in it, where everybody felt like there was a relatively, this is a relatively amazing Christian nation. Today things are changing rapidly, rapidly. In fact, I would say it's rapidly changing faster than technology. And God is preparing this world for the return of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. God is preparing this world for the return of Jesus Christ and nothing less. Dear friends, he said, as, as I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires. Can I tell you, one of the things that I see more than ever is Christians getting into political debates and arguing and arguing. If you are a Facebook arguer in the name of Jesus, may I plead in the name of Jesus for truth to come into your life and to get off Facebook. The damage that's being done there in the name of Jesus is tragic. Now, I'll be rebuked on somebody's Facebook for saying that. Oh, I will. No, I know that that goes around the world. That thing goes around the world. But Lord, bless that statement as a revelation and not an accusation. Lord, bless that statement as a revelation and not an accusation. It says, don't get caught up from don't don't but abstain rather from sinful desires, the desire to be right. But I am right. I can prove to you politically this guy is this, this and this. And my guy, though, he's a this. He is more like the Bible. You know, don't even get caught up with that stuff. Jesus is, I, 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 well, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Gene and I were at a restaurant not long ago. In fact, just about a week ago. And this, this man stopped me. He's, uh, what was he, like a maitre d' in the hallway there? Yeah. So he, he, he says, well, good night, folks. He's a cheerful guy. I've spoken to him many times. Good night, folks. You have a wonderful evening. Thanks for coming to any name, the restaurant. We said, we love it here. We absolutely love it. Gina said, I'm going to slip inside the restroom before we go. So I stood there and he, and there was a, there was a lady that was sitting in the foyer. Just, I don't know why she was sitting there. I think she might have been maintenance, but she was sitting there in the foyer. And he said, what, so what do you do? I'm serious. It's wherever we go. So what do you do? And I said, and I, find, I just laid it out. I wasn't going to mess with this too long. I just wanted to go ahead and I said, I'm a pastor. We pastor a church out in St. Church. Oh, what church is it? I told him what church. He says, I'm sure you won't mind if I ask you this, pastor. I'm sure you're asked this all the time. Who are you going to vote for? I said, Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I know that's your answer. I know, of course, that's who, you know, you're supposed to say you are, but you are going to vote in this election on November 3rd. I think it's the 3rd, isn't it? I said, no, that's so much. I'm So anyway, I'm worried about it. So I said, no, I'll be voting on that day. Well, who are you going to vote for? I said, Jesus. Oh, no, no, seriously. I know that you've got to have a candidate that is, don't you think, I, I'm a Christian. He said, I'm a, this lady's sitting there listening to this whole conversation. She's being entertained. He keeps throwing this lure out there to get me to bite the lure. Bite the lure. You see, my message is Jesus. And, and I said, sir, can I just tell you honestly, I'm going to be as straight with you as I can. I'm not avoiding your question. I'm giving you the same answer I give everybody else. My message is Jesus and him crucified. He said, well, of course, I believe in those things, too. I just want and I thought believe in those things, too. <laughs> believe in those things like this is. The, but I want to talk to you about the primary 
real issue here. Who are you going to vote for? And I said, no, I, I don't I don't worry about that. My, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, and I am a part, first and foremost, of his kingdom. About that time, Gina comes out of the restroom, and she's like, what is the... She's going back and forth between this guy like a tennis match, back and forth to me. And when we were walking out the door, she said, what did he ask you? Well, I said, the first thing he asked me is, what do I do? And I told him I'm a pastor, which was probably a mistake. And then, then the second thing he wanted to know is who I was going to vote for. And that other lady was sitting right there. And I was determined the only message she was going to hear is Jesus. Do you hear me? If this guy is saved like he says he is, I'm, wor- I'm not worried about this guy. I want to know about this little girl. Amen. I want to know. I want to make sure this little girl. See, and the only message this little girl hears is Jesus. Now, if I am tempted and I take that bait and I bite that lure and I get reeled in and I name a candidate, if it's not her candidate, Jesus just lost all credibility. You hear me? Jesus just lost all credibility that he is my primary in my life. Father, I thank you today for truth. You've empowered us with truth. That we don't have to get into man's arguments. We don't have to, we don't have to jump into the things that we are baited into and arguments and, and contesting, you know, people's words and their opinions. We don't have to, we don't have to bite that lure and jump into it and post it on Facebook. In the name of Jesus, I actually am empowered to freedom to not be tempted by that stuff. It says don't be tempted. By the desires of this world. And that, Father, that uh, that desire to be right in front of men and be able to argue a good point. God, I ask that you forgive us if that's us. Set us free from that in the name of Jesus. Empower us, as you said you have, to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart from this world to be a different people. A different people. A people of compassion. A people of mercy. A people of love. A people of servanthood. A people that are generous in, in, our, in, our, in our finances as well as generous in our words of encouragement. The words we speak to people, God, empower our words to be words that are so powerfully not only appealing, but reaffirming of their value in who they are. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And every believer said, Amen. Now give the Lord a huge, huge hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, we are praying for you. If you are, we're going to wrap our service up here on the, the broadcast here in just a second. I want you to know that we're praying for you. I want you to know that whether you haven't joined us for health reasons or perhaps it's uh, something that your doctor is still recommending uh, for safety, we so applaud that. But if you all haven't come back to St. Charles River Church, let me just make this statement. I believe we are better together. I said, I believe we are better together. I really do. I believe we're better together. We are using some good judgment in the way we move, uh, maneuver around the, uh, the auditorium. And we're going to continue to do that with face masks. And we, we just want you to know that we're trying to make it as safe as possible. Remember what I said at the beginning of COVID. Y'all could quote me. Safe left in the garden. Absolute safety left in the garden. Uh, man has been at risk ever since. And uh, so there's risk. There's always risk. But uh, I want you to know something. God has been good to us. He's been generous to us here at St. Charles River Church. Come on back when you're ready. We will have a great home celebration for you. By the way, and I want to speak to this quickly. Uh, November 
15, on November 15, Sunday morning, we have a Wall of Honor Day that's coming up. So uh, if you've ever been a part of our Wall of Honor Day, uh, you will want to, to bring someone or register someone that is a veteran. I've already said, I'm already nominating Dwayne Hardcastle. You were in the United States Navy. And so we're going to induct... Dwayne Hardcastle in this wall of honor on that Sunday morning in our morning service, our 1030 service. And want you to know that it is 1030, right? I've had so many different start times, 1030. So we are going to induct Dwayne and whoever you nominate. And those of you who are in the building, if you'd like to nominate someone and have their wall, uh, their name rather, placed on that wall, we want you to know it would be our great honor to do that. We honor our veterans. We honor those who've, who've put on the military uniform of the United States of America. We even have a British, I believe a British Royal Navy, uh, brother up there that, hey, listen, I just love people who fight for freedom Amen. around the world. Amen. We are a part of some great nations that are, uh, that, that have fought for freedom around the world. And uh, they were partners of ours in, in World War One and Two. And so, uh, we continue to be just that. We want to continue to partner on our wall of honor. So those of you, if you'd like to do it, make sure you call the office at 636-300-3800 and just leave the message or talk with Pastor Pam if she answers the phone and you'll get your, we'll get your name and all the information of your loved one or a friend that you want to nominate for our wall of honor wall. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. We're going to leave our broadcast now and we will see you next Sunday morning. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us. You can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.